0: Welcome to episode number 228 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan and Trey with you here this evening, Uh, just the two of us. Trey, how are you doing today?
1: Great, man. It's my birthday in two hours and 20 minutes, so I'm doing pretty good. And uh, for everyone that knows my best friend Squishy here, I got some new merch in the mail today so uh from my wife so i'm pretty happy so yeah 28 on the 28th i guess that is that the champagne birthday or what i think it? so i think yeah. so so uh yeah so uh, you might see me be incredibly intoxicated on friday at the a game we'll talk about in a little bit so
0: i'm glad the podcast is wednesdays not thursdays <laughs> <laughs> Well, an early happy birthday to you, and uh, we're gonna have a good time celebrating it, I guess, tonight as we uh, preview Week 17 in the CFL.
1: No, Mike and Adam, I couldn't have asked for a better birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, kidding, you stuck man. with me, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Um, we're gonna preview Week 17 in the CFL. We'll take a look at the major matchup storylines for each of the games. We'll take a we'll make our betting picks uh, against the spread and the over/under. Then at the end of the show, we'll go through some fantasy players to watch at each position. We're going to try to continue with the same format from last week. We felt like that went well. Nobody gave us feedback that said it didn't. So, um, sweet. Uh, we're also live on a variety of different platforms, thanks to presenting sponsor GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at gametimetv.ca or facebook.com/slash/gametimeTVMB. We'll take your comments, we'll take your questions in our live chat throughout the night. I see a couple of comments in there already saying happy birthday, Trey. Uh, right on. Um before we go any further, we want to acknowledge that the Canadian football countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Metis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree. Soda, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, final housekeeping note before we get into our game previews here. Uh, again, as always, if you're looking for additional content on top of this weekly episode, make sure you check out the Canadian Football Countdown Discord community. Uh, we've got live game chats, lots of CFL fantasy talk, uh, CFL betting talk, NFL talk going on right now there too. That's a hot topic uh there is a link in the episode description uh it's free to join just sign up for your discord account join the server and uh, chat along with us and our other listeners lots of fun there every single week without further ado let's get into our first game of the week here which is the matchup everybody was excited for and has been waiting 17 weeks for it's the gray cup air quotes rematch between the Toronto Argonauts and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg, this one Friday night, 7, 8, or sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central time. Uh, finally, these two teams are eating, but it's not exactly the game we all hyped it up to be because I think the biggest storyline in this game, Trey, is the Argos are resting and probably a number of their starters, including quarterback chad kelly
1: yeah my boy's not starting i'm a little upset with him i'm gonna have to send him a dm and ask him wtf bro but maybe maybe him and i will go a partying after i'm sure he's coming to win a pick still be on the sideline right but it makes sense right it's that whole rest versus rust but i was thinking about this more and more would you rather play your starters against potentially the second best team where you got jefferson and etc on defense who we know all can hit, you know, follow through, or would you rather start them against a team like a few of the teams that could be eliminated this week over the next few weeks? Right, Ryan, is that kind of the same thought you have with these starters? Or yeah. Would you like, them to play?
0: I don't think I need
1: them to play in this game particularly.
0: And I don't know. So one of the things that's talked about a lot is, oh, the gamesmanship of it. Like why do you give anything away to Winnipeg, you know, uh, uh, when you might be facing them off in the gray cup uh, this year, because they're probably the two favorite teams to go there. I don't know if it's really that much of it more. So I think we talked about this a little bit last week as well, where like we've got nothing to play for, for Toronto here. And you know what bomber fans, so many of them are up in arms because we were hyped up for this game. You know, it's a sold out crowd and now it might be a bit of a dud matchup because, but it's like, who cares? Like, I don't care about that one bit. Like kudos to the Argos. They wiped the floor with the entire East division and now have nothing to play for, for the final six weeks of the season. What if Chad Kelly played this game and broke his leg, right? Like, and then all of a sudden, this is a team that now is going into the playoffs with Cameron Dukes as their starter at quarterback for, you know, a meaningful football game, not this one. So I don't know. To me, I understand the uproar in the sense that people are looking forward to this game, and it sucks. But like, do you blame the Argos one bit?
1: Nope. I blame whoever made the schedule or the whatever. Really that, right? Like, because I think the whole load management we see in other sports is a load of crap. Where you got NBA players playing. 50 games out of this, you know, 70. And then you are jipping fan bases who want to see LeBron or I don't even know, Giannis and all these guys come in. Football is different, right? Where it's so violent and limited amount of games. You gotta take the rest when it comes. But I think it's smart too because you're doing it if they do it a smart way. You don't want them to just say, Hey, you're not playing the last game of the season. And then they get two weeks off with the buy, right? So they're probably gonna manage it where some of those starters play, like I said different teams that last game of the season that might not matter why go out there when you're, you know, you're going to have an amped up crowd. There's going to be adrenaline. You know, there's going to be like, you know, you got a team Winnipeg who probably wants to prove that they're better than Toronto. Why risk guys? You know, how, how is Olet out again this week too?
0: He's been practicing, so he might yeah. be back in, right? Like, last time, I think, was maybe mm. a little bit nicked up, so it was more of a precaution. But he
1: took, he, yeah, he took last week off. I could imagine maybe he didn't even really have an injury, like a major one or whatever, just enough to go on the one game. And same with Harris. I wonder, like, how much is he really hurt or how much more maybe just taking the next few weeks? He's on the sixth game, but he doesn't have to sit there for six games, right? So. Is that a you surprise
0: know. to anybody? Andrew Harris on the six-game injured list, going to come back in the playoffs, rate right in time to you know potentially go yeah. up and win his fourth great cup. Like, no, rest I, him I, up, I, get him ready, I, big game, and uh, he'll get a couple runs in between a and yeah, fourth straight great cups and retire.
1: I don't know if he would get it, but I w- I just wish he got was a, was able to get the standing ovation. You know what I mean? From if when if he if 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 the fans were willing to give that to him, I'm not sure how it would go. Um, but you know, that's I think that's my one disappointment of him not playing. Yeah. I think me he deserves too. It. I know I boot him. I'm joking around with that. I, I you gotta give a lot of respect to a guy, right? And and you know, if it wasn't for Oliver, he probably would have been kept maybe more too. So a little disappointing with that um I and mean, i don't think any of us hate that
0: decision to move on no. from clearly given how well has no. been playing this year so
1: no I, and that was i said that a long time ago go with the young guy and and something that still mike argues with me about all the time but it, you know it worked out there so we'll see
0: yeah it worked out for everybody i mean harris got another great cup over in toronto olivera has cemented himself as arguably the top running back in the cfl it does suck though because uh, I believe the Bombers played one game in Toronto last year, so Harris didn't get to come back to Winnipeg. And now, and you could kind of tell this jokingly, a lot of, but probably non jokingly, a lot of people early in the season were saying, like, oh, Harris doesn't come to Winnipeg till week 17. Yeah, he's going to be on the injured list by then because that's just how the recent trajectory of his career has been. So. Yeah, this his final season. He's not going to play here. Uh, you're never going to get a chance to see him come back to IG Field in a, in a non-bomber jersey.
1: No, I was gonna, is, Did he say he's 100% done, or is that just what it's expected?
0: I think he already has a coaching job lined oh, up right. with junior football. Right, right, right. So, AC,
1: say, right? Even, even if he wants to, let's just say he changes his mind, pulls a Tom Brady, and retires three times, chances are the game next year is just going to be in Toronto. So it doesn't even happen then, right? So if it keeps it to the once a year kind of model. So, yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. I forgot about the coaching job, but congrats to him. And, uh, yeah, anything else? This game is interesting, though. Do you think that, like, because I know we have this, the Bombers are always good off a bye, kind of by, seems to be the story. And, yes, Toronto's starting a quarterback that nobody knows anything about and potentially we don't know who the running back is and a couple of the receivers are still hurt. But do you think this game is going to be the minus seven kind of game? that the betting odds says even with Toronto not because mean sometimes that mystery might just mess with Winnipeg just more who are they going to study film on right now
0: yeah and that's the thing that the Argos are kind of doing smart with their load management here also is it's not just all the starters are resting for these games like we normally see from teams if they've made the playoffs you know if they've got nothing to play for in the last two weeks of the season it's okay all the backups play for the most part Um, but you know, Ouellette sat last week. Now Chad Kelly sits this week. You know, you rotate a couple of them in and out. Is the team going to take that much of a step back? No, I don't think necessarily they will. Uh, the, the Argos in that sense. Um, but the big concern is the quarterback is Cameron Dukes. Like you said, we know nothing about, we've seen him run a couple one yard plunges and we saw him look not very good against Calgary when Kelly went down earlier this season. So, you have a Toronto team that's locked up first, that's you know, resting their star quarterback, playing a Winnipeg team that is very much is in a tight race to a lock up first themselves, uh, coming off the bye week, also coming off of a loss, uh, and playing at home where they've lit other teams up in recent weeks, like, To me, I don't know, like, yeah, if there's no other stories to kind of go off of here, we can just get straight into the betting picks, I guess. You mentioned the minus seven and a half line.
1: I have one real quick question. We don't have to get too into it much. But do you think a situation like this maybe makes an argument for one division? Because, you know, if Toronto, if there was one division, Winnipeg and BC are still chasing Toronto for a home play or a buy, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would love that, right? Like, yeah. Like, talk to about, buddy, about this. It, this, this the, to Toronto being able to rest with what four weeks left is kind of a byproduct of a nine team league with two divisions, right? Like I think it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But yeah, betting odds. I like it. Well, let's see. We talk about a minus seven and a half. Winnipeg, the home favorites, a touchdown and a little bit more. I don't think I've gotten one right for the bombers all year because I take, so them, I, take the, I take them to do it, and then they lose or get blown up. Or just or have a terrible three quarters and then somehow win. And when I don't take them to do it, that's when they win by forty. Um, oh, good God! I'm gonna take Toronto only because I hope to God Winnipeg wins. And I feel like if I take Toronto, I'll do the the vast askwardsness, and and Winnipeg will find a way to win. And I'll take the over. I think we could see a shootout. I think I think we could even with a backup quarterback. They still have some talent. I could see this being kind of Miami Dolphins playing Miami Dolphins a little bit. You know, I could see some talent uh, putting up some points.
0: 70 points on the board for the Dolphins well, this week. Are you kidding and, me?
1: And I call, you know what? It, it's great too. Cause for people who don't know, Coach McDaniels was a ball boy for Denver and got passed over for the head coaching job where he went to Miami. So <laughs> the home, my, I love that guy as a coach. He is great
0: not to mention wasn't there a shout out was it on the broadcast where they shouted out and said the Miami Dolphins play that CFL style offensive scheme uh and I know there's been a lot of talk about what Tyreek Hill does and that being similar to the Waggle.
1: yep and remember Waddle was out too right so because that was a big hole in one of my fantasy teams this week and uh yeah, I called I don't know. I like him coach saying that he didn't want to go for 72 with the last second field goal. I'm like, that's crap. You do it. Like we were just talking about game and gamesmanship. I think you'd do it because watch watch there be a tie break for some points forwarded and it's like a two point difference or something. You know, we've seen teams go for late field goals because of the tie break, right? Not so, to mention, like you're you're saying
0: you're oh. you're up seventy to twenty and you're saying you don't want to go for the record, right? A field goal would have given them record points scored in a game. You don't want to go for the record with this kick because you're not out here trying to embarrass teams. You already embarrassed them no matter what. You outscored them by 50. Like, that's It's already there. It's the low of lows for the Broncos uh, game already. But uh, no, crazy. What we see is teams score 70 in this game. I doubt it. Uh, but I agree that the over is going to be hit between these two teams. Um and I'm taking the bombers uh in this one uh to cover. Um I you know their last three home games. I, I talked on the podcast last week about or the week before about how the bombers suck on the road, and that's why I took the tie Cats upset over them.
1: But their last
0: three home games, 51 to 6 over the Riders, 47-17 over Montreal. And 50 to 14 over BC. The lowest they've scored at home in the last three games is 47 points. You can't tell me they're not going to hit the over under on this game, no. especially against that Argos passing defense. And yeah, just the, the matchup bombers off the bye, off the loss against Argos with no Chad Kelly. I'm taking the bombers to cover this pretty easily.
1: I love Mike McDaniels. I'm just self. If, I, if there's one guy I could just wish, I wish he got fired and just come to CFL because if he does that with Tyreek in a league that has no waggle, what could he do up here? Like that's, yeah. I'm just really interested to know what he could actually do. And like he's a young guy, started as a ball boy. Remember, don't keep your dreams going. We're two goofballs with a podcast, and you know what I mean. And, my, and Mike McDaniels is now a head coach after just being a ball boy. You know, so keep your dream alive
0: so you're saying we're a couple years away from i can get into that ball boy uh role and then from there it's head coach right
1: like oh i didn't even recognize him when i saw an old video he got like ears pierced and he had no glasses and he had that like boy band eminem kind of blonde shaved hair and i was like no but anyway (laughs) now he's a head coach
0: and dropping 70 points on his opponent. Uh, all right, let's move on to our second game of the week here, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting the BC Lions. Uh, this one, Friday night, second half of the doubleheader, uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. So you get a bit of an overlap between these two games if you're watching on TV uh and the the lions are at home here to the riders and we talked about it a little bit on the winnipeg side but bc is tied for first in the west they can clinch a home playoff game with a win here the riders would not be able to catch them in the standings and this could potentially if they pull off a win here this is going to set up a huge matchup between bc and winnipeg the following week so I think that's the big storyline here for BC, right? Is this is a team that's right there at the top of the standings. And I think it's got to go out and try to get this home playoff game because they play. I know you say a home field advantage doesn't matter much, but this is a team that I think definitively plays so much better at home.
1: If I have to give one advantage, I'll say to the only team with a dome. Mm. I'll I'll give it advantage because I was just thinking – we were just joking i wanted the home playoff game to be the week earlier a little bit so it'd be less cold but i'm sure bc would be like oh let's play in the dome you know but that could also benefit winnipeg or saskatchewan or whoever that other team is in that game too right you know both teams get the better uh better things I... <laughs> don't get me started on home field man don't get me started on that. Um
0: I, I don't understand your argument, to be honest. I don't think I was there when you and Mike argued about this previously last year. I, I don't understand how home field advantage does not matter. We've forced 131 time count violations.
1: And that is the biggest joke in the world. I just mean I don't think it's I don't think it's worth three points anymore on betting, that's for sure. I think that's a lot. I don't know. I just feel like we're in the modern world. We've been to the moon. You know, we got all this stuff. And you're telling me that, sure, sure, there might be some ruggedness. But you have to remember, too, like, the home team flies, too, back home if they were just on a road game the week before. Sure, there's some advantages to some things. But, like, these are professional teams. None of them are really living at home right now, if you want to be honest. Sure. right? Like, other than Brady Oliver and a couple of guys who might play in their hometown, they're most of them are in a different country. Most of them are probably in a different province if they're from Canada. It just—I don't see home field. I don't know, and the it crowd. Depends
0: on the, it depends on the team, to me, right? Yeah, it depends so. on the
1: team, and then you get the crowd situation. And I'm not trying to knock Toronto, but some of their home games, you have a lot of TICAP fans, so there's their home wow. field advantage. We see that in the NFL. Teams like the Chargers and Raiders don't really have a bunch of fans. I don't know, and who was home against the Cardinals? Was the Cardinals home against the Cowboys, or did they beat them in? Oh, that I don't know. Because uh, well, maybe Cardinals did get a home field advantage. But if you see the Discord, there is an advantage to betting because you get those three points that I think don't matter. So anyway, but uh who's home this game? BC? Yeah, BC is win. at home. Yet. Yeah, they'll win. They'll win by 12. Yeah, I think, where,
0: where were we at
1: on preseason predictions for BC?
0: You were higher on them, right? I was lower I on have, them. I on
1: have games. them winning the Grey Cup against Toronto, I'm pretty sure. Or them playing against Toronto, at least, um, I thought. Because I thought they'd finish first and then uh, win against Winnipeg at home. But not because of home field advantage, just because they're a slightly better team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, looking
0: I at it they... now, Adam had BC in third in the West. Adam in fourth, you had them in first. Uh, and you, yeah, you had them going off to the Grey Cup there. So uh, would you say they've met your expectations so far based on how we've seen them play this year?
1: At the beginning, and then they kind of hit that little dip, and then now they look like they're back at it. And I think next, yeah, next week's game, I'm gonna you can tell who's gonna be the one because you can kind of throw those two games out earlier because both teams blew each other out, Winnipeg and BC, right? So, but I think this is a good one to get prepped up. You have to remember too, like looking at the standings. If you, I, I know we're. Both team, both teams, Winnipeg and BC are going into this week against a game they should win. If we want to say with Toronto resting a bunch of starters and BC being four games better than Saskatchewan, but that also means they might not win likely too. So, oh man, that week. Either way, next week's game is going to be hyped. Like so. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. And I think you know what? I think this is going to be a good matchup between the the Lions and the Riders here as well. And on the other side, it's a Saskatchewan team that's. You know they're they're probably going to make the playoffs. I I think right like Calgary's not looking great at four and ten. They're only two wins back behind Saskatchewan. But I I think that unless the Riders blow this down the stretch, that's probably theirs to lose. Uh, they did lose last week to Ottawa in a game that kind of got away from them, and then they made it interesting in the final minutes, but uh, but fell short there.
1: You know the Riders
0: are a team that. They've won. They beat the Bombers. They beat the Lions. Those are the two teams they'll have to go through if they're going through the playoffs out west. But they've been up and down, and Jake Doligala I think has been up and down at times. And so I don't know. Like what? What's the storyline here for the Riders coming coming into this game for you?
1: I know you said. See, I'm not that very convinced that they'll make the playoffs because let's say they lose this, and then in two weeks they have a game against Calgary in calgary right so you could you i don't know i think this is more of a must win for saskatchewan just because they do still have someone chasing on their tail well bc see i want to know how much do you think they put like the motivation for a buy you know is that a big is that a big drive do you think coming down the stretch for bc and winnipeg i think
0: it has to be. I just seeing how bad I am at betting uh, this year and seeing just how volatile the CFL is and anybody can win any given day, right? Like we, we've talked about that, uh, of, you know, look at the, look at Winnipeg, BC, they've both lost some games to teams they should have beaten. Uh, Toronto lost that one to Calgary. I think that was only because Kelly got injured, but, um, you know, I, I think it's any any given Sunday or Saturday or whatever it's going to be for the playoffs this year. So I think, yeah, it's crucial to play for that home buy. And if you're a team like Saskatchewan, like, yeah, you might say it's a team that, okay, they'll probably get into the playoffs. I think they probably will still, but they might kind of limp into there. Well, these next couple of weeks are both getting in the playoffs and get yourselves in a bit of a groove for uh, potential playoff matchups. And I think something that Saskatchewan really needs to sort out here is learning how to stop the run because, okay, a couple of weeks ago in you know week 13... Or week 14, you had Oliveira run for 154 on them. Then Kevin Brown, 175 the week after. And then Devontae Williams put up 136 this last week. So, you know, that's, uh, that's three games over 130 yards rushing. Average of 155. You can't be winning football games regularly if you're giving up that much, right?
1: No, unless you're my Madden opponent. That's about it. But no other than that no and and we're getting to that time of the year running matters a lot more right so yeah no i the, i wish we had adam here a little bit because he always i, I kind of never can get the sense of saskatchewan because they give me the maple leaf cowboy vibes where i'm ah, they're gonna win every they're gonna win you know it's kind of hard to really gauge where they're at because i don't think many fans will honestly tell you what's going on there so it was nice having adam but uh yeah, I just, I can't. Do you, do you have that up uh, where our post, our preseason predictions still handy? Because yeah. I can't remember where I put them. Uh, let's see. The Riders, we all had it fifth
0: in the, the West Division. So I'd say they, you know, everything seems doom and gloom in Saskatchewan whenever they're not winning. Uh, and they're really in any fan base. But I'd say they've had a respectable year, especially given some of the injuries. Uh, that they faced uh, at quarterback, and interestingly, last game Mason Fine did move back up to number two on the depth chart and was on the on the game day roster. I don't think Dollagala is at a point yet uh, where you know you're you're pulling him, but you have to wonder. You know, he had Fine playing decent football before. Is there a leash on Dolagala? I don't think it's. I think it's still a pretty long one, and I think right now, yes, Adam, I'll admit uh does give them the best chance to win the game. But, uh, you know, D- Dologawa, find Either of those tall tasks against th- these BC Lions that can put up points in bunches themselves. And they're getting another big piece back into their offense this week when Dominic Rimes returns to the lineup for the first time since Week 9. Explosive start to the year for him after being one of the top receivers in the league last year. Kind of trailed off for a couple of weeks in and out with injury. They put him on the six-game injury list, and now he comes back in. And it's almost an embarrassment of riches for the Lions because who's get who's coming out of the starting lineup? It's probably Justin McKinnis, who's looked pretty darn good himself the, the past couple of weeks. So uh, that's something I'm excited for in this game is just to see if Rhymes can bounce back from this injury because he, he kind of started strong and then tailed off as the year went along.
1: I agree it's not a name that you kind of heard over the last few weeks, right? So now I'm really interested to see what BC does. I think that's kind of the key here because they've kind of, between them and Winnipeg, can you really tell me one way better than the other? Like they both showed blowouts and they both lost to teams they shouldn't have, right? So I think uh, they're kind of equal and it's kind of hard to pick which one I would put over the other right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a dogfight in that West Final between those two teams or the Riders or Calgary. But probably probably those two teams, but the Riders could surprise I think they're a team that can surprise some people. Uh, notable for Saskatchewan, I guess, also to mention this week, Jamal Morrow is still out, uh, I believe, based on the injury report. Uh, so probably Frankie Hickson getting another start for them there. Uh, trying to find the rest of this depth chart. There it
1: is adam always has them ready man i don't yeah
0: adam's not here he's always got them ready uh that is the most probably notable guy out for them but they do and then anthony lanier is doubtful and i think he's the big piece they were really missing on the defensive line last week uh on there that uh, could be impactful for them Uh,
1: Is is harris done for the year or is he just out long term in Saskatchewan. I
0: don't know. They had that weird press conference with him a couple of weeks ago where it seemed like maybe they would announce that he was almost ready to come back, but then they didn't really announce that. So I think maybe it's like end of season, come back for playoffs, possibly, or but could be done. Do you
1: think he's a guy, though? Like I understand your argument last year, which I disagreed with about Rourke. I understand that a little more, but a 30-some-year-old Harris – That's like his bow. If Bo gets healthy, is he coming back? I, God, I hope not. (laughs) Like, so. Yeah, I wouldn't take Hmm.
0: Dollegal's throwing, you know, uh, most games he's throwing two to three touchdown passes in right now, even if he's not dropping yardage everywhere. So I wouldn't take him out if he's putting points on the board for you uh, necessarily right now. Uh, Any other topics on this one, or you want to get into the
1: bets? Let's get into the bets. All right. what do uh, we got here? Another big, bigger home favorite here. Minus nine, and a no, just nine for BC over Saskatchewan. Oh, I wonder if this is one too. I, I always want to know what goes into the gameplay because if BC is up decently at half, do you think they maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit to get ready for next week? Because you don't need Vernon Adams or someone like that going down second half against Saskatchewan if you're up a little bit. And Maybe Saskatchewan gets the back door. I'll go BC9 just because I don't think they will take the foot off the gas pedal, and I'll go under though. You,
0: yeah, I think I like BC at minus nine as well. I think they are a team that, like I said, that home field advantage matters. Uh, and I think they the riders can't stop the run right now. And Tiquan uh, Mizell had his best game. Of his career last week, uh, rushing, and I think could potentially be in line for a big one. Uh, the you know across the board, I, I like the way the Lions stack up a little bit better here. Uh, so I'm going to take them to cover, even though I hate I hate these big spreads. I, I they I struggle with them every time.
1: Yeah. So do you take over or under.
0: Oh, I guess I haven't said that part oh, yet. Um, hmm, over under, you know, I'll take the over. I, I think both offenses can put some points up.
1: I apologize. My brother was texting me about Star Wars and I got my interest peaked. So, so I had looked at it for one second when I saw Star Wars on my phone. Um, All
0: right, let's take five. Yeah. We'll be back in a few minutes. No, let's no, move we're, on.
1: We're, we're doing pretty good today. We're yeah,
0: we're, we're on track uh, as we move into our third game of the week, uh, which is the Montreal Alouettes visiting the Ottawa Redblacks. Uh first game on Saturday, uh 4 p.m. Eastern time uh is the kickoff for this one. And just trying to find uh yeah, just looking at the playoff scenarios in this one. Montreal can officially clinch their playoff spot with a win over the red blacks in this game, and Ottawa. Could be eliminated this week if they lose and if Hamilton and Saskatchewan both win. So a couple scenarios there that uh, that would need to play out specifically for Ottawa to be eliminated. But those are kind of the big storylines here. Let's start off on the Montreal side of things. You know, this team can clinch a playoff spot this week. They've been up and down at times. Uh, Last week got it done over the Stampeders. Shut them down pretty well there. Uh, What are your thoughts on Montreal
1: uh, right now and where they're at? This is a team that grossly over-exceeded my expectations this year. I, I I thought you know, and I think that they're in an interesting spot though because again they're fighting for that home home field advantage <laughs> that we love so much. But um, yeah, Ottawa. I don't know about Ottawa. They 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 piqued my interest and I thought, are they going to do it? Are they? I thought between them and Edmonton, I thought they had the better chance to uh, to sneak in somehow. Um, but. Man, Hamilton, who's there? I don't know. Don't you think the game with Ottawa in the playoffs would be a little bit more exciting than uh, Hamilton? But I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But I like Montreal's chances in this one. I think this is a must, a pretty much a must win for them because oh, just how, don't you think it's a big win when the new ownership comes in on what free agency day or after free agency day or whatever it was and big gong show and then they get to host a playoff game? This year, like, I think that'd be a pretty big uh, moral victory, don't you? Yeah, this was a team that
0: uh, when we were sitting here live, you know, early February, mid-February, we really weren't sure what to make of this team. And I'm still not sure what to make of them because they play really well in games they should win right and i've said this week after week and last week they proved that as well they should have beaten the calgary stampeders and they did and pretty handily you know they held them to 11 points in that game just as they have almost every opponent they should have beaten so this team is able to play some pretty darn good defensive football they've added some nice new pieces to do that like sean lemons having a, you know being pretty successful there darnell sankey huge addition lately for them there uh they've got a bunch of defensive playmakers it kind of makes up for some of their offensive inefficiency they've had so far so uh you know a Noel Thorpe I think it's Noel Thorpe's the defensive coordinator there still you know you can put up a pretty good defensive scheme now I'm second guessing whether that is Noel Thorpe I don't know I'm
1: terrible with coaches man I they move around too much
0: uh looking it up hang on uh, yeah, he is the defensive coordinator with Montreal. There we go. I thought he uh, at one point he may have gone over to Ottawa, but I might also be misremembering. Uh, you know, but the the what the point is, they've put up pretty good defensive performances against everybody else except for the teams ahead of them in the standings. So you know, this is a team that is going to make the playoffs. They are probably going to get a home playoff game, I would imagine. But then what can they do from there? And, and what kind of, uh, like I was talking about earlier with other teams, is what kind of role can they get on here late in the season that figures out some of that offensive inefficiency? Cody Fajardo, start putting touchdowns on the board. Uh, you know, let's get those passing touchdowns there. Let's get the ball moving down the field more regularly uh, and get it some consistency going for those big matchups. Because you're going to have to get through Toronto. To go on to the great yeah. cup
1: out east, right? Like that, that's yeah. booked no. already so, yeah. Man, I just, I'm, I, I, it's, I'm at a weird place. I want the playoffs. I know there's a couple things still left to be decided, but I just want the playoffs because we're getting the picture. Like in the east, it's pretty much any of those three versus Toronto, you know, is gonna, and and in the west, probably Winnipeg, BC, you know, we kind of have a fairly clear picture, but. Montreal is that one team I just I got more high on them later after, and I like I think I don't know if you have to pick one right now. I know the season's not done, but would you think Fajardo's winning, leaving the marriage of Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan's winning, Can or they I both? neither? Yeah, neither. They both lost the kids in the house somehow. I don't <laughs> know. Like I don't know. I was hoping for Fajardo really to just go out there and you know show that he didn't need the riders but i don't know if he's still got a few weeks to do that
0: yeah and and, you know he's playing decent football for the most part but he's just not connecting uh you know uh, i i equate it to what we saw from trevor harris uh this guy who went the other direction for a number of years where he's a great football player but he just can't put points on the board at times and that hurts them but their defense has done such a good job of bailing them out. And now they face an Ottawa team where their offensive line has struggled uh, to keep Dustin Crum up, right? While Montreal's offensive line has struggled to keep Fajardo up, right? So, I mean, to me, the key in this game is just the battle in the trenches, right? Which offensive line can keep the other defense at bay? Because the the... Uh, Red Black's defense last week against Saskatchewan lit it up. I think uh, Mike had them him on the, his fantasy team. They put up 14 fantasy points in that game, you know, on five to seven sacks, something like that, and five turnovers. So uh, these, are, I think, are two playmaker defenses. And if Fajardo's not really been lighting it up yardage-wise, is a good opportunity to do so against Ottawa's passing defense that is the worst in the league in that category so you know on the if we want to flip and talk about Ottawa for a bit here as well I, I guess the big story is partially their defense is at fault partially offensive inefficiency but this is a team that has made games exciting and I agree with you I think an Ottawa playoff game would be exciting because it comes down to the wire every time but last week they finally got the win, but almost blew it at the very end after a number of weeks of it going the other direction. So this is a team that has not been able to get it done uh, when it needed to. And that's costing them because uh, they could be eliminated this week. If a couple of those other teams win, so it's do or die time for Ottawa. So what do you got to do to get the win here? If you're, if you're the red blacks,
1: um, is the stats page on the cfl website correct i think so <laughs> okay just making sure this is the first time i've actually checked out the stats just because of the early season debacle i stayed away from the stats <laughs> page um because i didn't want to go through pdf forms but uh i love it I uh, well P- we're we're two different breeds uh ryan but uh if you believe the stats Devontae williams is fifth in rushing and he's behind guys with the name of Oliveira, brown olett and butler those aren't Four bad guys to be trailing on that list, right? So I think Ottawa, you gotta run the ball, right? They ran the ball for our he had 136 last game, right? Against yep. Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, like I said, I've never looked at the stats page. <laughs> I'm trying to re figure out where everything is. I think you gotta give it to your backs, man. And, and Devontae Williams is definitely one of those guys. You gotta create space, you gotta create play action and give a guy like um Powell. No, not Powell, uh. Crum. Crum, Right. I keep getting him and Powell mixed up because they're pretty much the same third stringer coming in to save the day. Right. So um, I give Crum the time back there that he needs. And it's a, you know, and you're not too sure with Hamilton. Like, again, they beat Winnipeg, but are they they're not? Is that I feel like I have to be disrespectful because we got Hamilton Tiger Cats fans that We think we're disrespectful. But if that's a game you play 100 times, Hamilton doesn't win that more than 10 right i disagree i you, disagree you think, you think so you think they'd win Yeah, more the bombers
0: they? haven't won uh regular season uh road game in hamilton that's since fair. uh zach colaris was the last hamilton quarterback that's to lose fair. the bombers
1: in hamilton so that's fair but i don't know anyway but they're not a team that's going to consistently do that right like even like you know against other teams or if you switch the Playing field, I guess, or played on a neutral site because neutral site does matter. Uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah, I think run the ball. I like I like this time of year because running the ball is what happens, and it's it's remarkable to me how teams can throw the ball in the sea. even with the three downs. How do you run the ball that or throw the ball that much?
0: it's impressive as well with Devonte williams like he listed fifth in the league in rushing yards he's also only played 11 games whereas you know brown's played 15 Oliveira and, and butler played 14 oh only played twelve. but you had a couple more games and at the pace he's going and yeah you know williams probably going to hit a thousand yards rushing this season and that's even more impressive when your quarterback's rushing for uh, you know, 40 to 50 yards a game as well, so...
1: Yeah, Crum averages 7.4 yards a carry. Like, why did he even throw it? With with Williams averaging 5.5, just run the ball every play. And then when they cheat, then that's when you throw the play action. I don't know. It's Trey, like, For- I- Trey Ford averages
0: 9.9 9 a carry. He's basically got yeah. the first down every time.
1: Crazy. I don't understand the running... Like, ideas, when you watch... It, it, to me, there's very rarely you see running backs get like maliciously stopped in the backfield in the CFL, right? With the year, year or the yard away, like you, it happens when everyone in the building knows. But most guys, if you fall forward, you're guaranteed what two, three, four yards. I don't get it, but yeah. I've got my whiteboard out, man. I don't know. <laughs> All you gotta do is just run the run the ball right up the middle, and you're guaranteed. Even go for it on fourth down. But uh yeah, perfect yeah time, or do anything else
0: um the other the other guy i want to talk about here was a guy you had in your fantasy lineup last week and you were high on him which was tyson Philpot of the montreal alouettes uh last two weeks seems like he's coming on a little bit strong uh, great season for him last year this is his sophomore season is he kind of on the, i wonder is he kind of on the on the track to be on the rise here to make it into the you know top canadian receiver conversation I don't think he's quite there yet, but it's kind of nice to see these up-and-coming Canadian receivers.
1: He, he's what you think of the traditional Canadian receiver before we had guys like um, Dembski and Gittins. And it, I feel like the last few years we've been a little spoiled with a couple positions, but to me, Philpott's a very, very good Canadian receiver. Oh, who did we have? We had that... Uh, I don't know. There's a couple of times where like a lot of teams, of Canadian receivers, a guy who literally just stands on the far outside of the field. Right. And that's kind of what it was. And if he gets a catch to a game, great, but he, yeah, he's turning into the next kind of Nick Dembski kind of player. And I, I love it. And I remember when we were talking about him, I know we don't really know much about the U sports, but we would say how the one in Calgary was a little bit more higher ranked and higher this. And he's had injury yeah. problems. And I, and you know, they're twins, right? yeah i think so yeah must be or if they're not they're irish twins and that's that's great um but yeah i i like him i like what he's doing and they both had injury problems but it's nice to see one of them's coming back here and at the right time and if they heat up and i think i think that's all it takes is for giardo and this guy to heat up and get a little connection going
0: yeah and i think it's a nice breath of fresh air too right like we've got a couple good up-and-coming canadian receivers but I feel like we're not in a stage right now where, you know, you you go back over the past decade, you've got some real legends uh, of the game there, right? Where I don't know if we, we, we're we in that state right now. Like Nick Densky is probably the top Canadian receiver in the CFL. Gittens has taken a step back yeah. seemingly this year a little bit, but you've got some good pieces, you know, Phil Potts, Schaefer Baker, Julian Grant, uh, before his injury there. Uh, Sam Emilis has had a great year. Justin McInnes also I think it's just exciting to see some of these uh, Canadian receivers get a little more involved with their teams, and you know, when all that off-season talk about the ratio and whatnot, see these guys contributing out there pretty handily uh, is good to see. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our betting picks on this game. Uh, the line's a little closer on this one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this one's a little bit more our speed. We have Montreal, the road favorite going into the what is it td place no yeah wherever. well TD place? okay sweet uh um, yeah, you got it there we go um i was about to say the donut box but that's hamilton i i'm usually good with my stadiums i'm really good with them until the sponsorship changes i hate when they do that like okay
0: so not good with coaches not good with, coaches. Good with stadiums okay I'm, keep, I'm
1: keeping the list I, because i play madden so it always says what stadium you're in <laughs> right so
0: but (laughs) never never tells you the coaches and in the case of Bill Belichick doesn't even use his likeness.
1: exactly and then I'm like five years in the future on Madden right now so they're all like computer generated generated coaches because everyone got fired because I beat them all but uh yeah minus two here I'm gonna take the road favorite I think Montreal I, I like them a little better than Ottawa I think this isn't one I'd be upset though like this is one if I was actually at a real parlay and Ottawa ruined it I I'd have to just be like yeah this is kind of a tough one I think but I'll take Montreal and I'll take the under you yeah I'm gonna agree
0: with you on both of those again Montreal has done a really good job of shutting teams down that aren't ahead of them in the standings this is a game they should win Ottawa seems to find a way to fall just a bit short. Most times, I know last week they picked up the win there, but uh, I I think their offense, you know, that still struggles to put points on the board. Uh, They're up to eight passing touchdowns on the season now after two last week. Uh, But against Montreal's defenses are going to be hard to come by, and so I think I like the Alouettes a little better here. But both offenses have not been very efficient putting points on the board. I'll take the under on this one. Also,
1: if I'm being honest, i I wouldn't bet this game in real life. It's it's crazy. It's like I said, it's one that you can't be upset. Like it's one you you're gonna coin flip and you hit it. Yeah, you got beer money. But if you don't hit it, you just can't be that upset with. I don't think. I stayed away from CFL after <laughs> how our records have been uh, this year, but. It's tough. It's tough to bet. I
0: came so close this week. Uh, You know, I got the first three games completely right. Just needed uh, the fourth one and it came close, but uh, we're going to move on to our next game here and talk about the team that's dead to me for that very reason, (laughs) which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, hosting the Calgary Stampeders uh, this one Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time for this game. It's the big reunion between Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Nope. No, he's got he's, a
1: clipboard. He's,
0: yeah. He, uh, he, he's got the clipboard on the sidelines. Maybe he'll wave to Dave Dickinson across the field. Maybe they'll share a cute little moment post game. Uh, but it's seemingly going to be Taylor Powell back under center again for the Thai Cats in this one. Um, again, another scheduling thing. It's uh, where. This, this meeting should have been earlier in the season. But the schedule was also made before we knew that Bo was going to Hamilton, right? So that's a thing where, well, in hindsight, it should have been.
1: But, like, what are you going to do? I mean, it's all scripted, right? So they should have known. But <laughs> that new NFL commercial kills me, it's too. So uh, but, so uh, no, you're right. But I think that with the schedule talk, that's why every team should have a home and home. So then... This thing doesn't this doesn't fall through the cracks, but uh, yeah, another game that you know if we look at the line, I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't touch this one at all because again, you could look at either team. Both teams have had disappointments. Both teams have had you know obviously they're some some limelight when they each got what Calgary's got four, Hamilton's got six wins, right? So they they, they have their moments, but whoo, <laughs> I don't even know how to touch this game, Ryan. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, these are these are two
0: teams that have been up and down. I think what you mentioned earlier about Hamilton kind of is pretty much hits the nail on the head of this is a team that won't consistently strike fear into you, but they've won some big games. And last week, took a bit of a step back against the Argos once again there. You know, the, AJ Olet wasn't playing and a couple other starters, I think, were out. You thought maybe Hamilton. I picked them. I picked them to go and cover the spread. I picked them to win in that game, and they kind of let me down, obviously. And Taylor Powell did not look good early in that game. He got it going in the second half, but there were moments in that game where he he's looked Decent. He's looked solid in recent weeks and against the Argos past defense, you expect more than that. And it seemed like he kind of took a step back. And you've got Jake Mayer on the other end of this matchup, who's been a guy that a lot of times has been the same thing. So, you know, which quarterback, which quarterback would you take right now? Head to head.
1: I almost cursed. Oh my god. Um, I mean, I, I, it might have been picked up. I apologize to the kids maybe watching. I, I guess Mayor, because he's leading the league in passing yards.
0: He is. That's according to the stats. Yeah. No, he's the only one that hasn't been injured yet this year, so he's playing. Well,
1: him and is him Adams and Caleros all have fourteen games. Fajardo's got fourteen games. Yeah, and he's beating uh he's beating Vernon Adams by ooh quick math there thirty four yards. And, uh, oh, 101 over Colorado So, I mean, you take him, I guess. But Powell also didn't have the opportunities. Like, you know, yeah. he's got like, half the game starts, I guess. But I don't know. Um, comes down to which team do you rather maybe make a playoff push, I guess. Well, I mean, yes. Hamilton's is, is kind of in that position where they're in no matter – well, they're in unless Ottawa really runs the tables, right? Yeah, Montreal.
0: if Montreal beats Ottawa on Friday night, or is that right before this? I guess that's right before this game, right? That was the one we just talked about. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if Montreal beats Ottawa three hours earlier, Hamilton can lock up their playoff spot with a win in this game. So uh, not only that, a Hamilton win this week eliminates the potential of a West crossover, which is pretty significant for the team they're facing this week because then that leaves calgary with the only option of trying to catch saskatchewan out west uh, essentially to make the playoffs so big playoff implications i think on both sides in, in this game uh that's huge huge one for both teams here to to try to get it done and you know i i'm excited for this game i i think this is two teams playing for their playoff lives they've looked inefficient at times and one of them's got to kind of put destiny in their own hands here
1: if we went back in time and asked pre-season ryan which team would you be more shocked if we said wasn't going to make the playoffs
0: well calgary of course like like this is a team we're in foreign territory when we say calgary is fighting for their playoff lives here right like this is a football team this is what the first time they're below 500 they're gonna finish below 500 i think since I don't know early 2000s if not earlier
1: i only ask because there was a lot of hype with hamilton i guess and <clears throat> early in the year and you know everything like that but there was a lot of hype on hamilton but also i think i've
0: made it clear over the last 17 weeks my stance on bowie oh i know at this point in his career so
1: i just i kind of had a i just me See, you're right about the Calgary thing, but I'm, in the beginning, if I was looking, I would rather put my money on Bo than Mayor, but Bo didn't make it. Um, but, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's an interesting one. Again, I guess this kind of keeps things interesting in a nine-team league where a four-and-ten team against a six-and-eight team is actually kind of intriguing. Because uh, This was an NFL. This game would be – you wouldn't even see this game on Red Zone, right? So – I mean, but this in this league, it's playoff implications, and I don't know. I I just I'm having a tough time with a lot of these matchups because it's such a weird time of year where you have three or four teams, like we talked about, might be kind of half-assing it or resting and not worrying about it. And then you got a couple two teams could be out, and then two teams who are fighting for their lives, and two of them, I guess, are in this one. So, so what'd you say? I, I've heard it said ten times: Hamilton wins, and they're good. Uh, if Montreal also beats Ottawa, oh, bunch okay but, but if Ottawa be, but then okay. they'll be fighting Montreal
0: for that home playoff game playoff for the after. next couple of weeks right, there, right? so then if, yeah so if Ottawa
1: loses though that eliminates the crossover or Hamilton wins eliminates the crossover
0: if Hamilton wins by themselves uh, if Hamilton outright wins it eliminates the crossover and then if Ottawa also loses it eliminates Ottawa I think from the playoffs as well uh is how that works. Um so big big playoff implications here and you know I I I'm kind of hoping for the result of maximum chaos, like whatever keeps the playoffs whatever keeps the playoff scenarios interesting. Like we'll still have that race between Montreal and Hamilton even if they clinch the playoff spot here, but keep as many teams in this for as long as we can because we're week 17 if we have to come on the podcast for the next four weeks and come up with things to talk about when none of the matchups matter like what are we going to talk about it'll be a 20-minute show it's not the end of the world yeah i
1: mean for once on a wednesday night but we'll just end
0: up spending an hour and a half trying to decipher fantasy options from these teams where we don't have the depth charts yet and don't know who's starting and who's not so uh, I think, yeah, hopefully hopefully not all of these storylines are locked up uh, in in the last couple of weeks uh, or in the next week or two. Uh, a couple of interesting notes for both teams, though. The Ticats made a couple of signings today. I think it was Jamal Davis on the defensive line was just released by Montreal. They bring him in there. And wide receiver Darrell Walker uh, brought in by the Thai Cats here. Uh, I don't know. Where do you stand on Darrell Walker? Because uh, I've, I've seen mixed opinions on, on him at this point in his career.
1: Is it bad to say that he's barely been on my radar, so I don't really have an opinion? Like, he's not a – is this a name you hear and you're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe – I don't know. Maybe this is my – was he on Saskatchewan for a bit, right? he was
0: yeah. yeah he
1: he ended up so started his career great
0: with the elks
1: uh, right okay to
0: toronto for a year or two i think there was an nfl stint either before or after that was with the argos lit it up good with them um then ended up re-signing with the elks that stint went okay Uh, signed with the Riders this offseason and looked like he was their best receiver in camp but got hurt early in the season and that's when Tevin Jones and Sean Bain and Sam Emilis all took over and there just wasn't a spot for Walker when he came back so I know he's kind of been on decline the last couple of years but I think he's still a pretty solid receiver and Hamilton's a team that I'd have to see where he fits in because on the Riders he, he lined up at left wideout uh, earlier this season. But I think they're pretty solid with Terry Godwin and, and Tim White on that side. But the uh, the Tie Cats have been rotating receivers left and right uh, over on the kind of the right of the quarterback there. So uh, I, I think there is an option to get a more veteran piece in Walker in there and maybe make an impact down the stretch here for them.
1: No, I, I agree. It's the same thing I said last year about have Toronto having Harris and uh, Banks. Right? Yeah, even if they don't, even if Walker literally plays two snaps a, a game, that could be the game-winning catch in the playoffs, right? And so,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, and on the other side, Calgary, interestingly, releasing Markeith Ambles. they signed him a couple weeks ago. He took Trey Odom's Duke's spot in that starting lineup. Uh, for a couple of games there and seemed like he was performing well. Suddenly he was out of the lineup last week. Odom's Dukes was back in and now Mark Heath Ambles has been released. So not really sure what went on there. Like he was playing well. I don't know if there was something else uh, that we're unaware of that happened there or it's kind of weird uh, what Calgary's done there where Odom's Dukes was also playing well and then was suddenly on the practice roster for a couple of weeks. So, uh, I guess Dave Dickinson's just trying, uh, and crew are just trying to, uh, you know, rotate in and figure out what the right combo for Jake Mayer is. And and we're 17 weeks in the season, and we know that right combo uh, includes Reggie Bagleton for sure. Uh, over and over and over and over again. That's the last I'll talk on that. After it ruined my fantasy playoff chances. Just kidding. We'll get to that later. Um, But the other pieces, much like Hamilton, I think it's just been rotated in and out there. Anything else on this game you want to talk about before we make our betting picks?
1: Yeah, do you think there's been a less, like, do you think one thing that faults Calgary is their running game doesn't seem to be quite the same?
0: That's true. It does not seem to be as big of an impact, and maybe it's definitely not as big as we thought it would be. Cause whether it was carry or mills, we had such high hopes for them this yeah. year. And some games it's looked good, but other games it's just been kind of average for them. Right. And, and carry uh, was the league yeah. leading rusher last year. And, and now I think is still doing all right, but maybe took them some time to come back from that injury.
1: No, I was wondering, because I was like, that's not a team that you feel like you heard much about running this year, but they traditionally have been okay, pretty good at it with, uh, Carey and Cornish, and you know, other names over the last decade. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Hamilton, home favorite. I don't know if we could say that many times this year. Um, and 47 and a half. Well, I'm gonna take the under, I'll start with that. I don't think these teams are gonna put up tons of points. I think it'll be close. Will it be a field, less than a field goal? Oh man, I'll take Hamilton. I'll take Hamilton, Ryan. What do you got?
0: Here's the problem. The Thai Cats are dead to me after last week, so I don't want to pick them. But Calgary does not inspire me whatsoever here either. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the emotion of the, uh, of last week out of it, and I will take the Ticats uh, to win this one at home as well. I feel better about how they've played lately than I do with Calgary. Uh, I think they've shown the ability to take over some games. Calgary has just been hit and miss, left and right. Uh, over, under, yeah, I probably got to agree with you and go with the under on this game.
1: Uh, not by much,
0: but I think they will hit it.
1: See, now for a friend FM fam's watching, we took your team, man, so they better better show up.
0: Yeah, I uh, that was personal growth for me. I was not going to take them coming to this podcast, but over the last hour of the of therapy, uh, you know, I, I've, I've moved on. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to go back to it again. And if they get it wrong again this week, well, then they're officially, uh, yeah, not picking them the rest of the season. Uh, after that, uh, speaking of Hamilton, uh, before we get into fantasy talk and and that fun stuff. Uh, We had a big announcement this week of not the Grey Cup halftime show, but the Friday Night Grey Cup Festival show. Carrie Underwood uh, is going to be headlining that. Uh, What did you think?
1: At first, I was like, thought it was fake. And I was like, Adam, that's really good photoshopping because he's the one that put it in their Discord (laughs) chat. Um, And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you think, at first, it was kind of weird. And I was kind of like, now you know and then i more thought about it she's a big football fan her husband's from southern ontario and mike fisher uh yeah i'm just worse and i was like why who if she's a friday who the heck's on sunday
0: yeah that was interesting as well and interesting timing also because the nfl just announced super bowl act uh with a, what is it i think it's usher right yeah, so they announced the Super Bowl Act, and you know immediately that's get people talking uh, about the CFL halftime show as well. And I, I've heard a lot of rumors and talk that, or it's probably just people talking, but that it might be the Arkells again. Which didn't they just do the Grey Cup in Hamilton like
1: yeah two years ago? I, mean, I, I saw somebody. I mean, you never know what's true on the X anymore. But someone said that it's going to be the best halftime show ever. That they've heard rumors so. I don't know if that screams or Kells. Well, we haven't gotten the call yet, so uh, yeah. clearly it's not going to be the best halftime yeah. show. I just, I find it, is that, tell that's not televised though, is it? It's just, yeah, it it's is. just a, oh, is it the festival is televised?
0: Oh, not the festival part, I don't think, no.
1: Okay. Because I was like, that's even crazier that they're willing, because I'm pretty sure she makes a million dollars a Sunday to have her song on Sunday Night Football. So if that's the price range i wonder what you know she costs to do a festival for you know great just a friday night right
0: yeah and it's a huge gap like that is a huge one of the the biggest country music stars in the world uh oh where did my camera go does this thing where it disappears i'm still here don't worry there we go i'm back
1: um does she have to sing i'm waiting all day for sunday night since the great cup is on sunday night Maybe I don't know. i you're uh, allowed to say that <laughs> that's, that's one thing though I was actually wondering because I was like wondering why she's not the Sunday and versus that I wonder if contractually things you know what I mean like she's a major spokesperson for the NFL and then her to play a halftime for a competing thing on Sunday. I wonder I' mean yeah, surprised was, she was a Friday thing. because of her connection with the NFL you know what I mean but whatever.
0: Yeah, I actually uh, thought, uh, I saw your theory on that, and I could, yeah I liked it. It was interesting.
1: Uh, and she's married to Mike Fisher, you know, Nashville Predator and Ottawa Senator hockey player, right? So,
0: what more could you want? No, it's a big name for the CFL to get somebody like that. Like, they're going to top uh, that for uh, a halftime show yet too. Like,
1: I mean, like, Taylor Swift, it's obvious. It's... That's why she might she's be, dating she might be the reason right why she's dating Travis Kelly, just so she can learn some things about football, but not make it not make it too obvious because if she came to Winnipeg to watch a game, that'd be too obvious. <laughs> so that's my theory.
0: The Taylor just, Swift thing with the I don't I don't think I I don't know if we want to get into that on I I never thought I'd talk about Taylor Swift on this podcast, but
1: I, I only the NFL. Only the <laughs> NFL where They've already got every other demographic. Like they got male, you know, twelve to eighty, locked down, hundred percent. They have the massive ratings. And then, what can they do to improve it? Let's get the most famous, one of the most famous people, where people are spending thousands of dollars on her and on, on tickets just to stand outside. People are paying hundreds of dollars. I saw people were buying people's contacts that went to Taylor Swift. See, it's ridiculous. Let's get her to date probably the most popular player. Yeah, and I'm not like the NFL. That's like if we we're talking about script. <laughs> that is that is awesome. That is awesome. And then yeah, have her is. sit with Mrs. Um, Mama Kelsey, like
0: on his jersey sales multiplied by oh. four. Like they that, that was the like the most watched game.
1: Grabbing. That was like the most watched non-playoff Super Bowl game or something too. I thought. And it's just ridiculous. And my TikTok all day has just been girls explaining football to other girls so they can watch now. And I'm like, geez. It's great. But I mean, hey, it works for the game. And
0: yeah. No. It's I was, took we, the NFL by storm this weekend. Uh,
1: Couple, well, answer, I, I want to answer a couple comments. Richard, you mean your brother doesn't watch the podcast? Now, my brother's not a CFL guy; he's a loser, um, and he kind of likes the Riders, but he's not a CFL guy because he's a loser. And the Jets. Who asked about the Jets jersey? Chris, the new Jets jersey. Uh, that's 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 what does Simon Cowell used to say? That's a no for me. You know, <laughs> like that. I that looks like some crap a twelve year old makes on on NHL 2K or whatever. Like it, awful. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Awesome. i agree i didn't like that i didn't like the new winnipeg jets uh hockey jersey uh
1: i i like that their their, their heritages are you know it's great the white and the navy i don't mind the blue aviator it's not my favorite but that just it looks like my kid took a blue crayon and it just looks awful uh.
0: I don't know if it can get worse than the Bombers camouflage jerseys from way <laughs> back when. Those were pretty bad.
1: Those uh, were pretty bad.
0: Those were pretty bad as well. All right, let's get into our uh, fantasy players to watch for this week in CFL. Uh, again, we'll go through a couple of names I've got per position. We'll see if Trey's got anybody else uh, to mention there uh, that I don't already have on the list. Let's start with the quarterbacks your top three uh, to keep an eye on here. For me, it starts off with Vernon Adams Jr. He's $13,500 this week, averaging 24.4 fantasy points per game in his last six and 22 in games on the season where he didn't get hurt. Uh, That's pretty darn good total. Uh, He's averaging 51 rushing yards in his last three games. He's been running the ball a little bit more often. And what did he do last time out against the Riders? He threw for 455 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, similarly, same price, a lot of similar stats. Zach Caleros is 13500 this week. Uh, and again, you ignore the game. You got hurt and left early. He's averaged 20.6 points per game on the season. He also faces an Argos defense. That gives up the second most passing yards per game, the second most passing touchdowns in the league. And also, if they're resting starters, uh, I think the Bombers' offense could be out there putting up points pretty regularly in this game. So I think there's a lot of room for yards, room for touchdowns for one Zach Coleros. And if you want a slightly cheaper play, I also do like Dustin Crum at $11,000. Back-to-back games of 29 or more points for him. Five games over 24 in his last 10 or in his 10 starts on the year. Uh, you know, the others, yeah, you're hovering maybe around nine to 15 points in those other ones. He's a big boomer bust guy, right? Like six rushing touchdowns in his last five games, 55 rushing yards per game for him. The matchup against Montreal is tough. Uh, they, they shut down the pass pretty well. But they also give up a lot to the run, which is Crumb's greatest strength, is his rushing ability. So I, I, I like this matchup. Uh, I like the play potentially of Crumb as well, because I feel like a lot of people are going to go that Adams or Caleros route. So, you know, if you want to be different and play a boomer bus play, I think Crum's the guy there. Uh, VA, Caleros, Crumb. any other names you want to throw in here at quarterback?
1: Well, since i'm out of every playoffs and cfl football i'll just throw together some madness here i went with powell because we, we we were saying hamilton could do it and i think that that's a pretty important game against calgary so we might get some garbage points in fantasy quarterback but yeah stay away from toronto um yeah I and mean, i would even maybe w- stay away from winnipeg did you say Caleros?
0: i did say Caleros.
1: did Sorry. you i would i would stay away because, again, if it's a game that gets out of hand at halftime and they're up, why would Bombers keep Caleros sit? I mean, they do keep Caleros in. Osh does keep him in a lot longer than most fans are comfortable with. But uh,
0: If they kept him in until the fourth quarter when he put up five yeah. touchdowns in, what, the first half against the Riders, oh, right? Maybe. Like, See, I, think but, he I think he's me long enough to hit the point total.
1: Yeah, maybe Caleros. Yeah, I'd take, yeah whatever.
0: All right, let's look at running backs here. Uh mm-hmm. three names to mention here. Taquan Mizell 9500, was the top running back last week with 30 fantasy points. The Riders have allowed an average of 25.4 points to starting running backs in the last 3 weeks. We listed off the yardage earlier in the show. They've given up at least 130 rushing yards in 3 straight games. Uh so the matchup there is mighty favorable uh and he's also averaging 5.5 targets in his last four games so he's getting a lot of work through the air there as well. I Really like pick one Mizell as a play here this week. Uh and you know not too high of a price there. I also really like Devonte Williams at 9000. He's averaging 19 carries a game in his last 3 which is the most in the CFL. Faces a Montreal defense that we just talked about is uh being better against the pass not as much against the run. They give up 14.3 points per game to starting running backs. With the Elks being on the buy, that is the best rushing matchup uh, to pick for this week. Uh, and Brady Oliveira, yeah, he's more expensive, but he's 13. he is $13,000. But again, at home, after a buy, after the loss, Argos resting starters, there is a very real scenario where the Bombers get up big and run an Oliveira uh, you know, all all day long, all the especially late in the game. Uh, 14 plus carries in eight of his last 11, and his lowest has been nine uh, over that span. So uh, he's going to get a lot of usage no matter what, and he's done great things with it this year. And he's rested coming off of the bye week. So those are the three running backs I'm really strongly considering this week for fantasy. Uh, any other names there for you outside of uh, Myzel Williams and Oliveira?
1: I have Butler again. I, I, I kind of like what he's been doing lately. Um, but yeah, I also have Oliveira. I agree with you. Cause he's one guy too. I wouldn't take out, uh, you know, he, well, they actually have taken him out. I think a little bit earlier than Caleros over the last few weeks, but uh, yeah, he hits his totals.
0: And, they still have... That's the thing with Winnipeg. They still have enough to play for where, like, the point where you're resting guys, if this game gets to that... And I should be saying if, because, you know, the Argos are a deep team, right? And they, they could come out... They could win this one. They could, you know, keep it close. Um But if it's to a scenario where you're resting guys, that's going to be because you've already put a ton of fantasy points
1: on the board. So... I, I, Sorry, i thought remember the last time the blue Bo- or the blue bombers played the argos with a backup quarterback they lost in regina so
0: good times good times yeah. it's a good thing we've got the gray cup rematch yeah sweet, sweet. Uh, let's talk wide receivers here uh, a couple of names uh, i was undecided on some of these wide receivers i found it tough to find the uh, you know some top names to put in here Uh, so, uh, but a couple, I am for sure looking at Reggie Bagleton, 11,500, you know, last week I faced Mike in our discord league fantasy, uh, in our discord fantasy league, and I needed the win over Mike and I needed enough variance in the lineups. I wanted Tim white in there. I. Didn't, I needed to make sure he didn't have Tim White. So I convinced him to switch to Reggie Bagleton. And what did Reggie Bagleton do last week? Put up 13 catches on 14 targets and like uh massive fantasy total. Uh, 100 plus yards, touchdown or two. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers actually here. I will grab it right here. Yeah, 29.9 fantasy points for Bagleton last week. He also put up a week of 41.3 earlier in the season. Uh, five games of 11 or more targets on the season for him, four touchdowns in his last four games. Ticats also allow 11 fantasy points to right slot back, second best matchup in the league. So I like that uh, for Reggie Bagleton. I do like the play of Kenny Lawler at 9,500 this week as well. He's about as sure of a touchdown play as you can get. Touchdowns in six of his last seven games. He's good for one almost every week. The Argos pass defense gives up a lot. Second worst uh, left wide out matchup, 11.9 points per game there. And he gets a decent floor of targets, five plus in every game but one, and seven plus in all but three of them for Kenny Lawler there. couple of Tycats receivers. I'll go back and forth on these. It's either Tim White or Terry Godwin. I feel like I, I want one of them almost every week, and I pick the wrong one almost every week between those two. So what I'll say is I'll throw them kind of both in here as I think Godwin has kind of had the better floor. He's consistently getting that target share and he's been, you know, putting touchdowns on the board decently here and there. Uh, And he's probably going to consistently get you in that 10 to 15 point range. But I think the ceiling on Tim White is even higher, right? Like, yeah, Godwin the last two weeks, 16.1, 16.8. Tim White had a down week last week, but just a couple weeks ago was putting up 25, 38 points, et cetera. So it depends on what the rest of your week and your lineup looks like. Uh, this is the last game of the week. So if you leave yourself enough cash to kind of maybe decide based on that, uh, that's kind of a direction I would go there. And then finally, I will mention Montreal is facing the Ottawa Red Blacks. So, you know, they, they don't defend the pass very well there could be room for a lot of passing yards so I think in that case I'd probably want to look at the uh, in the direction of a guy like Austin Mac at eleven thousand dollars who gets the largest share of the targets uh for Montreal eight last week 10 the week before ignore the game he got ejected 13 seven and 13 in his past several games there the touchdowns are few and far between for anyone in that Montreal passing de- uh, or game, but I think Mac just gets, again, much like Reggie Bagleton, that elite usage that is probably going to lead to a pretty good fantasy day for you there. I thought about maybe Keon Hatcher, I thought about Alexander Hollins, Dominic is coming back in the lineup kind of messes up, you know, some of the target sharing, they've had some down weeks here and there, so... You know, what, I'm just going to stick with these names here for the, the recommendations for big name wide receivers. We also have a couple of cheaper ones I'll talk about when we get to our value plays in a minute or two. Uh, but any bigger priced wide receivers that you've got in your lineup that I haven't mentioned here?
1: Nope, you named them all.
0: Nice. That was efficient. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, let's talk defenses. This is my least favorite one to talk about uh, because I don't put much time into studying the defenses, uh, really, because they more often than not are not worth it. So um, I don't know. Let's start with you on this one then, because I covered your picks on the last one. What are you? Uh, which defense are you thinking of here?
1: I just put Hamilton, just because it kind of fit my price range. That's pretty much all I added. I said, I thought maybe that could be a sloppy game where you see both quarterbacks throw a couple picks and not really high scoring. So it's kind of wrong with that.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of good potential defensive matchups this week as well, right? Like Saskatchewan, $5,400, but, and they've had miserable weeks the past couple of weeks, but VA keeps throwing picks. Uh, and much the same, uh, Zach is as good as he be, he's been keeps throwing interceptions so the Argos defense could benefit off of that as well um but you know the question is how often are they going to be out there on the field they're more expensive at 10,000 so I'm a bit hesitant to go that direction Ottawa puts up some big numbers last week and they face Montreal who has struggled uh on the offensive line I think maybe one of the ones I'm leaning towards though is that Alouette's defense against Ottawa because again just getting those sacks on um on Dustin crumb and Ottawa, not being able to put up high point totals, you could get you know, some extra points off of Montreal's defense there. But again, defenses just pick the guys that, uh, pick whatever fits. your sure. Basically your price range left over. All right. Let's I talk about. Let's talk value plays here as well. I took all of your uh, high-priced receivers off the board. Any any cheaper receivers you've got in your lineup you want to talk about?
1: Uh, Phil Pot at 6000 I think that's kind of a steal of a deal to fit him in my lineup. Um let me just take him out and we look at a couple of low prices here that will fit. What do you consider a low eight 7000 lower?
0: Yeah, it kind of varies every week, I guess, compared yeah. to the rest of the field. There weren't there weren't a ton this week was tougher than last week for me I'm trying to also come up with different names uh weekly is, as well so it's not
1: Odom's Duke back in the lineup or is he still
0: he is and that is actually the first guy on my right. list here so I got some stats for you uh six thousand dollars 8.1 targets per game on the season only one game with less than six three games of ten or more Hasn't done a whole ton with those targets in a lot of games. It's kind of small totals, uh, small yardage. That's kind of Jake Mayer's specialty right now. Um, but the Ticats do allow a favorable 13.3 points per game, two left slotbacks. And it's a go-out-and-show-it moment for Odom's Dukes. You were put on the practice roster earlier this season. You got a chance to come back in. The guy who took your spot has been released. Go out and show your team that it was worth it for them to make that decision there. Um, who else we got on the list here? Uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker, $4,700. You called it last week. Uh, you said he was primed for a breakout, and he did.
1: <laughs> and I didn't have him in my lineup. <laughs> That's always how it
0: works, right? 20.6 cool. fantasy yeah. for him last week. Uh, he's got eight targets, six or seven catches in two of his last three games decent touchdown potential because dolegawa throws a couple of games and has looked his way a few times near the end zone so i like Schaefer baker at 4700 there um i didn't have philpot on my list because i was trying to find a couple of the cheaper options and i kind of just like the volume of odom's Dukes a little bit better than philpot I, I i need to see more consistency in the number of targets there uh before i'm necessarily going that direction also Philpott does have the toughest wide receiver matchup of any position for Montreal against Ottawa this week. Uh, they give up far less to that spot than they do anywhere else. Um, that fears me slightly away in that category. Uh Final one here, Braylon Addison is $2,600. It's taken a while for him to get going since his injuries, but last week he put up 15 points off of five catches on five targets, 40 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, we we know what he's capable of. He's a former CFL All-Star. He was the the next up-and-coming receiver in the CFL, and, yeah, the injuries sidelined him quite a bit, but, for that talent level, twenty six hundred dollars. You need two or three catches to hit the hit the total, and I think he can deliver that value for you. Any chance you'd take a chance on Cameron Dukes at quarterback for five thousand dollars for the Toronto Argonauts this week?
1: Sure. I mean, I don't know. Eh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, like, if you look at stats, like, Bombers haven't done great against quarterbacks they have limited film on this year, right? So That is true. They always do struggle with that, yeah. And, I mean, you know, he's got a throwing arm, so he should be able to get some passes completed, you think? But
0: Yeah. I'm a little less like... I used to be the the take-the-bare-minimum-price quarterback when it came to fantasy football every week. I think the captain feature steers me away from that, right? A little bit. Because I think the safest play in a lot of cases for captain is the quarterback because they're in on every offensive play. Um, And, you know, being able to double up those totals is less of a shot in the dark. Whereas, well, if you're taking Dukes, you're not going to make them your captain there. So, you know, if somebody else gets a QB like Vernon Adams putting up 30 points and then they double it and get 60 versus you take Dukes and he puts up five to 10, kind of puts you big behind the eight ball there uh and then you gotta hope that another play lands so i'm, I'm lasting on it uh i also just don't know enough about him to be excited about the play at this time but i wish him well in this week's matchup um any other value plays i know you were scrolling through it anybody else you had to mention or should we move on to
1: the next I'm- segment i'm good man i'm ready to just call it quits on cfl fantasy this year (laughs) Be out of everything and i don't think i'm going to get a top score of the week and snag some great cup tickets or anything so well
0: this is the last week in cfl fantasy this week or next week is the last week to get in the champions league uh you got to finish top 30 on the week so we'll see if anybody there uh who listens this is able to do so We've both had some really good weeks this year. We've been consistent, you know, in our scores. I don't think, uh, at least, I haven't made it. I don't know about you.
1: Not weekly. I'm sitting. I'm sitting top 300 overall for the season. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, that's very good. Um, in let's take a look at a couple of our leagues here in our draft league. Adam had the top score of the week, 109.2 points uh for team adam last week uh reggie Bagleton is to thank for that uh among others on his squad so kudos to adam for that one uh rough week for the rest of us though mike yeah. at 75.6 i had 69 trey at 45.9 for you rough week
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i went back to normal after going five and zero last week and everything so
0: Uh, Overall standings, I won't even mention. You're like 100 and something ahead of Adam for third place, uh, but you're almost 200 behind Mike and I for first and second. I'm 29 points back of Mike, and I would be in first place if I had started Tiquan Mizell last week after spending the money on free on waiver wire, but uh, I put him on the bench, so regret there. This was the final week of the regular season in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. We're facing off uh, against other podcast hosts there, and uh, all of us lost this week. Yeah, all of us lost this week in matchups there, but final standings, I did manage to finish first in the league, so I will be going on to the playoffs and face Oz from the Rouge White and Blue in round one uh, in the playoffs here, but... Trey, unfortunately, just falling outside the playoff line and Adam uh also missing the playoffs
1: this season. I vote for next I vote for a playoff format change, wild card, like or top four, top four in standing, sure. Two wild cards, the two highest in points after that. Oh. Cause that's what I do in my one of my NFL fantasies, and I was like, ooh, that actually might make it interesting.
0: Yeah, we can talk about rule changes there for next year for sure.
1: Because <laughs> I got the second highest score overall. <laughs> and I missed the playoffs.
0: Rough luck, man. Oh. Rough luck. Uh, same thing, our Discord League, playing with other members of our Discord community, those results are now final as well. Uh, it was a stressful final week in that week. There was a lot riding on on fights for those playoff spots. And, well, uh, I Adam lost to Brandon... Uh, he's out, uh, I lost to Mike, I'm out. And because I lost to Mike and you lost to Discord User Sandwiches, uh, Trey, you unfortunately are out as well, finishing just outside the playoff line. The three of us are out, but Mike is the sole champion left for the CFC crew. His first year playing in the CFL Fantasy, he makes it in the sixth place, claims that final playoff spot and you'll be going head-to-head with members of our Discord League uh, in the playoffs here, and kudos to everybody. That has been, you know, we've got a lot of great fantasy players in in the listeners of this podcast. Like, pat yourselves on the back for a sec, folks, because I'm our fantasy expert, and I finished ninth in the league. I'm our self-proclaimed fantasy expert, and I had a rough go.
1: If you told me I was going to be second or fourth in overall points in those two leagues, I would have been ecstatic. Um, but missing the playoffs, yeah, it's tough. Weekly matchups. And for any of the guys who are playing the NFL one, I'm going to get you in that. That's...
0: Well, you won't get me, but uh, you can wow. get everybody else.
1: We, we, we Well, playoffs. We'll see. We play once more, I think, in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I'll see
0: you in the playoffs. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so best of luck to everybody playing the playoffs there as well. If you're in that Discord league, uh, oh yeah, Trey, you you're giving betting odds for our <laughs> matchups there. I don't know, do we, we want to get into that? It's not going to yeah, be very relevant. It's not going to be super relevant for anybody yeah, else who's I mean, not in that league.
1: You know what? This, but... is, this is our show. This is our show. We do what we want. <laughs> if they if they don't like it, let's see where where are they? <laughs> where did I put them?
0: Put them in the fantasy league uh chat.
1: The head to head oh Adam and his stupid gifts. <laughs> I can't even find them. Why am I so dumb?
0: You opened betting lines for the uh, spreads for these matchups and over unders. I guess yeah. just talk a little bit about um you know how you came up with those. And whether or not the sports book, the CFC sports book, is coming. Oh,
1: well, the book, the book is wide open. I I accept e transfers, guys. Will you get your payouts? Yeah, we'll see. Um, because there's a big. Uh, what, what's the the vig is pretty big at, at the at this betting spur The cut the my my cutout of it is pretty big. Um, so what I did was I took the season average and like average per game, and then I took the last three weeks. And I kind of kind of made an average, and I just made a mumble jumble. So if Mike's watching, it was no disrespect, man. That you're plus sixteen, like it's just numbers. <laughs> so I remember that one, and the other one was minus three, right? Um, Sam, no, sandwiches is playing Mike, right? That was the sixteen, and then yeah, the Richard and uh, Brandon was plus three, yeah. So that one's gonna be tight. I, I would I would definitely bet on that one. you muted or is my sound messed up
0: nope i'm muted
1: okay because you know how many times i've turned off my i muted my computer and i didn't realize um
0: yeah i was just saying the uh you know the final the uh, i'm just happy i can enjoy watching those matchups unfold stress-free feed up uh although i do have another matchup in the other week that i got prepped for for fantasy playoffs there, but yeah, we're getting down the stretch here of the CFL regular season, a couple of weeks left to go. Then we'll get into playoffs as well, which I think we're all very much looking forward to. Um, But let's start wrapping things up here. Trey, I think we're, Oh, we almost finished on time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Slightly over, but that's fine. We've had some fun here tonight and we'll be back again next week to do the same, same time, same place. uh, Week 18 preview show. Uh, we'll do our storylines, betting odds, and fantasy picks in that one as well. Uh, let me get this set up. That's not what I want. Let me get the uh, social media slide up here on the video screen for those watching the video um check out the discord community like we said in the meantime as well uh that is free to join there is a link in the episode description to do so uh if you want to come chat with us between episodes there but you can also find us on social media uh we are on twitter at cf countdown pod or x whatever you want to call it uh facebook.com slash cf countdown pod there I'm at Cooper Trooper 42. I don't really tweet much. Uh, Mike's at Mike Darrell. Adam's at Adam Stewart 1. I know they've all got lots of stuff going on. Trey, I know you're a busy guy often as well. What are you all doing these days?
1: Oh, man. It, you think it's going to stop with horse racing, but a bunch of tracks end and more start. So it's... Uh, I think this weekend, three, all three Western Canadian provinces, anyway, that have harness racing have stake races. So lots to do so check out that i have my harness racing podcast yeah and that's it
0: <laughs> right on um i did see a question in the chat here what happened to the drive home call show excellent question that was the bonus show we were doing in the discord community weekly uh there for a bit as well um scheduling and time is what unfortunately happened to that one um It's tough for me to do it driving home without somebody available to uh, read the chat and take questions for me. I know Mike's been tied up. My work schedule has also been more sporadic. And then just trying to find the time to edit it as well, because I already spent a couple of days just prepping some of the notes and stuff uh, and the fantasy stuff for the show. So uh, I'd like to at some point bring back that kind of extra content. but. Right now, the schedules are pretty jammed up the rest of the season. So, unfortunately, don't know if that show will be coming back this year. But uh, we'll still be going Wednesday nights uh, the rest of the way, at least previewing the following week in the CFL. Um, I think that is all I had left to talk about here. I can't find my wrap-up notes. Uh, I lost the tab for it uh so i will just say uh we appreciate all the fun uh you know you tuning in and we would love if you do all the fun things such as like comment subscribe rate review share the show with your friends help us grow the show on behalf of treya i'm ryan saying thank you for listening take care have a good one bye